Am I on? I can talk now. I'm uh, I'm excited by that. Here is uh, we're looking at 9:30, and at 9:30 we said we were going to call Jeff Abagov. So um, let's do this. Let's uh, let's use some of our high-end equipment here, and uh, we're going to go into our contacts. You are hearing it raw here, man. This is raw. All right, here we go. We uh, there's the number. We're calling the number. Let's pray to the gods that everything goes well. I'm going to put a nicotine lozenge in my mouth to reduce my anxiety. There's one ringy dingy. Hello? Yeah, hold on. Hold on one second. I think I have my sound up. We tested, we tested this. Jeffrey? Jeff? Hello? Jeff? Can you hear us? Yes. There we go. Yes. We have you. You do. Do not, do not move from the spot that you're in. It's not a cell phone. I can move anywhere. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You're, you're making some assumptions here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, the long-awaited interview. We've been talking about this for quite some time. On the phone with us from Los Angeles, California, is an old and dear friend of mine, Jeff Abagov, who uh, has written a new book. And the, new, the title of the new book, and I'm going to tell you one of the reasons why I'm excited about it. Um, the title of the book is Zombies versus Aliens versus Vampires versus Dinosaurs. A novel. Did I get that correct? You did. I'm batting a thousand so far. When you told me you were going to write this book, I got very excited uh, because it, it took me back to a earlier time. And I thought, this is so cool. Uh, one of my all-time favorite films as a child was a film called House of Frankenstein. And it was made in 1944 by Universal Studios. <laughs> And as a little boy, even though you know, these were older movies, my all-time favorite monster movies were the Universal Frankenstein movies, Universal Vampire movies, Werewolf movies. And I remember thinking it would be cool if they put all of them in one movie, and they had, and I just didn't know it until I saw it. It was a movie with Frankenstein and the Wolfman and, uh, uh, and Dracula, although Dracula is played by John Carradine. You know, uh, I think there was also I think there was also one to Saturday morning cartoon that did the same thing, and they solved crimes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, but that was when I was a kid. I, I've always liked this sort of uh, compilation thing. I remember uh, when I was a drug user, and uh, you would talk about the things that drug users talk about. Like, wouldn't it be cool if this band played with this band? I thought it would be cool to see Bob Dylan with the Grateful Dead, and then uh, that happened. And your book is like. The Universal Motion Picture and Bob Dylan with the Grateful Dead, you combine every cool, exciting, fantastical type of character in fiction, and we're supposedly fiction, supposedly there are any vampires, into one novel. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so I want to ask you real quick, uh, uh, and uh, correct me if I, if I get any of this wrong, but you started out... Um, you started out as a television writer, and you Correct. you have written for what is considered um, some of the uh, best shows uh, ever produced on television. And uh, for uh, uh, any era, you've worked. Uh, you were in. You were executive producer on Roseanne at one time. Is that correct? I was supervising producer on Roseanne. Supervising producer. You know, and those distinctions are massively important, and I know that. You know, because I mean, I think one has a difference between a house in Beverly Hills and a house in in uh, uh, Santa Monica. So um, uh, that, that's a way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is one of them's in charge and one of them 
works for the guy who's in charge. <laughs> and then you went on to uh, uh, you, and, and we've had a lot of conversations about about so much of this, and you've always been very generous in sharing your experience uh, uh, with me, uh, what it was like, what was necessary. I've often thought that you should do, if you ever decided to, and it would, you don't have to right now uh, at this point, but do a seminar on what it actually takes to be a television writer because we've both encountered uh, people, I in the stand-up world, you in the writing world, people who have never even tried it, who come up and go, I have an idea for a TV show. Here's some jokes you could tell. They have no idea what it takes to actually create or make television. But you went on to work on Grace Under Fire, uh, several shows. And that's where I was executive producer, was on Grace Under Fire. Grace Under Fire. and um, I was executive producer in a show called Rock, which um, black people know very well. White people typically go, what? Uh, I do know the show. It was a Charles Dutton show. Charles Dutton. That's correct. Uh, a fascinating individual for he had at one time... He was one of those people that some people consider the real deal, whether it's really apropos or not, I don't know, but had spent time in prison, had been uh, had a criminal lifestyle, and then turned around and did Broadway, movies, television. Correct. So uh, you did all of that. You, um, I heard, and tell me tell me if this is wrong, but I heard from someone time that you were the head of development for NBC, or is that just... Uh, uh, <laughs> I no. wasn't, but who said that? That's kind of cool. I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember, but let you, the myth play. Let the myth play on. We will let the myth play on. But now, <laughs> and I know that you also uh, wrote and uh, directed your own film. Yes, I did, and got it produced. Uh, yes, it was for Sony. It was called "The Mating Habits of the Earthbound Human," with David Hyde Pierce, Carmen Electra. And Lucilo. Uh, you know, that's where you, you and I have another uh, uh, connection. At one time, Carmen Electra lived in Panorama City, and I lived in Panorama City. And unbeknownst to oh, me, okay. she lived there at the same time I did. And for uh, for me, it was a step up, and for her, it was a step down. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to tell me the title of the movie again. The Mating Habits of the Earthbound Human. And I ask you to repeat it because we're beginning to see a connection here. The Mating Habits of the Earthbound Human was your movie, and now your novel is zombies versus aliens versus vampires versus dinosaurs. There seems to be some sort of extraterrestrial connection in your writing, even though the movie wasn't about extraterrestrials. You were looking yeah, the at movie it. Was, the movie was a uh, mockumentary, or a, a documentary as if made by aliens for other aliens studying humans. Yeah, and now your first novel has aliens in it, so I have to. This is an important question. I'd have to ask it. Are you an alien? Well, every fourteen years, we have to go back and talk about our people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, without getting too deep into it, in a sense, in the culture that you reside, you are a little bit a stranger in a strange land. Uh, by a legal definition at one time, uh, an alien. Oh, oh, that, oh, that kind of alien. No, I, I didn't mean it that way, but I'm, 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 I'm looking for some sort of <laughs> psychological thing here. Where is this fascination at this sort of looking looking through a, 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 a translucent glass at the world and seeing it different than everyone else? And I go, I know you to be originally from Canada. That's true. Now living... We call ourselves, we call ourselves Canadian-Americans. Canadian Americans, okay. Uh, and you know what? And who's to argue? You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything else we will find offensive. 
if I just go, if I go, uh, if I introduce someone and I go, and my friend Jeff, a brilliant writer and a stellar human being and a great father, uh, is a Canadian, or then are you going to take umbrage with that? How dare you? <laughs> On the radio? Where people can hear? Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. You know what? I should go to sensitivity <laughs> class and uh, uh, maybe go to one of those uh, rehabs that don't work. Uh, we just don't have a good enough lobby group. Yeah, you don't. You don't. You don't. You, uh, you walk amongst us. Right, we do. So you know. You know what? In a, in a sense, finding a Canadian is it's kind of like like that old Rowdy Rowdy Piper movie where you can put on the glasses and see the aliens. You might be around a Canadian for a long time and not realize that you're talking to a Canadian till they say the word about. How do you know you're not the Canadian? That's how insidious it is. <laughs> I could be a Canadian. <laughs> Without even knowing it. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I wanted to... I, there's so many... It's a kind, since, we're, since we're on this old movie sci-fi thing, it's yes. kind of an invasion of the body snatchers thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You, you, you don't even know. And also you pop up and you've kind of taken over for a while and uh, uh, still somewhat. Um, the world... Next thing you know, you like Montreal bagels more than New York bagels. And there it goes. I, I don't think that's possible, though, Jeff, to like any... Uh, oh, trust me. Oh, trust me. Anyway. All right. You know, we, not the point, not the time for that particular argument. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have my intern, Rob, who is sitting here with us, and he's not hung over this morning, and, and nope. uh, we're pleased by that. Um, I'm going to have him go out and find me a, a, a Montreal bagel and a New York bagel and eat them on air, and I'll judge for myself. I, I've asked Montreal you to, bagels are amazing. Are they? Yeah. Okay, you know what? Shut up, Rob. <laughs> Intern, interns don't talk, Rob. Um, uh, we've talked. What did Rob say? He said he said Montreal bagels are amazing. But you go, Rob. Yeah. Thank you. Well, it, hold on. Now, Rob is uh, how old are you, Rob? You're twenty six. He's twenty six. He's from Vermont, and he's a Trump supporter. So, yeah, well, no, but no, no. I'm I'm not even going to fight it anymore. <laughs> I'll just be a Trump supporter. <laughs> He's not really a Trump supporter, but one time he said he didn't like Bernie Sanders, so we, we labeled him a uh, Trump supporter. I wanted to ask you, okay. you're from Canada, okay? And, yeah. for, and and so much of what is considered American comedy, uh, modern American comedy, actually stems from Canadians, from Second City, uh, from so many of the people that were on Saturday Night Live. So, And I've asked you before, and if you, uh, you want to... Uh, continue with that insight. Why? I. Why is it that so many people from Canada are able to come to the United States and they're just so damn funny that they that they we respond to them so well? Um, in in for the serious answer, yeah, probably because we grow up in an all of a, a very similar um, culture, but not identical culture. Um, and but we're outside this culture, feeling very comfortable with it, but not being a part of it. It's that outsider thing. It's why even within the states, most American funny people felt like outsiders growing up in school, for whatever number of reasons. We were literally outsiders to this country, watching the same, you know, comedy, probably having much of the same influences, but watching the news and instead of. An American watching the news going, what the hell are we doing? We'd be watching going, what the hell are they doing? Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, I, I've talked about this with young comics before. I go, 
I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, where the arch is no big deal, sometimes somewhat of a nuisance. But for someone who was <laughs> first coming to St. Louis, Missouri, it's an amazing thing to see. So we're looking at things that everybody else looks at with jaundiced eyes, with new eyes, and able to point out what's interesting or illogical about it. Exactly. I mean, I learned about New York, New York City, from Woody Allen movies. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't at, I was never at, I hadn't been to New York till I was in my early 20s, but, and I would not get a lot of the jokes. He'd make some joke about Elaine's, and I'd go, oh, okay, that must be a restaurant that used to be popular but isn't anymore. Got it. Oh, it's quite funny. <laughs> That's how I learned about New York City. You know, uh, the same here. I it was from, well, for, you know, la uh, uh, late last night or the night before, there was an old John Garfield movie on called Body and Soul. I yeah. remember it. Yeah, it's a great film, and it was written, uh, you know, and the, the, the uh, people involved with it, some people a few short years later were blacklisted. It was a, a subtly, um, I don't want to say socialist, but more of a populist film, and uh -huh. uh, and it showed it showed these neighborhoods that I thought would, that, I go, that's a city. That's a city. That's what a city looks like. That's how my dad grew up. That uh, sometimes great films, entertaining films, can give us a window into places that we've never been to. And when we go to them, are able to visit them, uh, then it, it becomes all the more fun in the, in the discovery. It's like when you first move to Hollywood and you're driving around and you go, oh, I feel like I'm home because I've seen some of these places in my own home my entire life, these locations. Yes, exactly. Well, at the risk of being boring to your audience, and I'll only do this this one time, that was actually the beginning of the movie industry. The first, first, first movies were just a shot of the champ people walking along the Champs-Élysées. Yeah. People walking along Piccadilly Circus. People walking down Broadway. Just places you hadn't been. That's it. No story, no characters, just Wow. And then some guy. Those were the first movies. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely correct. And then some guy made a movie where a uh, rocket hit a cartoon moon in the eye, and uh, and the. And then he said, "Oh, stories are a good idea." Story, you know, I just exactly at, at, at the risk of becoming extremely boring, I just read a, a memoir by Anita Luce, who had written uh, "Gentlemen Prefer Blondes," and uh, I found it in some dusty bookstore in the Midwest when I was there for some reason, and. Um, and she was the first one to start going, well, we need some words with these pictures to explain, to move the story along. And, the, you know, when you watch old silent films and all of a sudden you right. see uh, uh, some text, she was the first one to write that, uh, write that text. So it's come, oh, along, really? yeah, it's come a long way, the entire process. And, you know, I, I think yeah. before you and I go, it'll be like a whole hologram thing, you know, where you're, right. you're actually in the movie. But... Um, I read um, um, a good deal of, and my wife and producer Shirley uh, read entirely. A matter of fact, I couldn't pull her away from it, and I'm not. I'm not saying that to uh, ingest. Uh, I loved your book. She, yeah. There, there. She loved your book. Uh, hey, I have a. Oh, thank you. But I have a question. Sure. I think this the other day. I assume married to you, she's got a great sense of humor. Does she ever say don't and don't call me Shirley? <laughs> yeah, I think we got that out of the way the first week. Was, okay, <laughs> I was wondering. You know, I was wondering. Yeah, we 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 got the first week. You know, when I uh, <laughs> when, before we were actually even dating, we were still doing that that circle around a coffee cup at, at a, like a Starbucks. You know how a, right. lot, a lot of dates start right now. There's still it's still the mating. It's still like dogs circling one another, or other animals. But what you do is you put a coffee cup 
on a table at a, in a restaurant and you just both kind of circle around her for a while and go all right i'll drink coffee <laughs> with this person so yeah we we I, we did that one early on she does have a great sense of humor she also is a a, um, a great judge of uh, novels and uh, she uh, is um, a big proponent of zombies versus aliens versus vampires versus dinosaurs a novel i want to ask you before we get into it what made you decide so many people who have had uh, a life that you've had which you may or may not think is interesting but to almost anyone on the outside is a very interesting uh, uh, life. Um, what made you decide to write this fun fictional novel as opposed to a memoir or a biography or uh, uh, something of that nature? Um, well, that's not the qu- where I expected the question to go. Um, I don't know. Writing writing a memoir, it, it seems like the story's not over yet. Okay. Good, good. Like, whatever's left, I got a long way to go, and it would be like, okay, well, here's the first few chapters, but, like, by the end of the book, I might want to come back and change the beginning, so. I have a theory, if, if, if I could be so bold, okay, and it, 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 in, in the theory okay. is a compliment, that um, a lot of people who have worked in an interesting industry, as you have, television, uh, uh, they'd go, well, I'm going to write my stories of being in television, and the reason that some, and not all, and I'm not looking to upset people here, not all, the reason we do that is because they don't have, they were able to somehow get the job they had through education, being in the right place, right time, being able to service the beast, but they don't have a great imagination. So when they're going to write post whatever they write about that career, the only thing they can write about is that career. But you decided to totally divorce yourself from anything like that and not only write a novel, but a novel that is compelling, interesting, with fully fleshed out characters, and is scary and fun all at the same time. So I think it's because you have, uh, and I know you to be a person who uh, doesn't publicly give yourself a lot of credit, uh, have uh, a wonderful imagination. And I may even go further than that. I have a lot of friends who are writing novels or books nowadays. This is the best one that I've read be, not only that, you go, oh, this is a writer. So I'm going to go, I'm writing my memoirs. And you read them, going, those are pretty, the story's interesting. It's a little choppy. You are a writer. It's a great novel. Did I lose you? I did. <laughs> wow, what happened there? He couldn't take all the compliments. All right, let's try it again. Let's get him back. If you're listening right now, you know what has happened is uh, this is... Um, well, darn, I we're, had a question. We're going to, we're going to, uh, he's calling back now. Do I have you back? Yeah. You hung, did, you, did you not no. like my answer? No, 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 no. <laughs> we, we, we just, we just had a, um, we just had a little, uh, a dropout right there. Oh, okay. And it's like, okay, was it like when they was like, you're wrong, next caller. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Can you hear that? I hear you. I'm getting a, a little feedback. Do you guys um, hear that? Uh, no, I'm no? fine. But if you want to call me. We're going to call you right back, okay? Okay. Okay. You know what uh, What happened there was I was yeah. getting, uh, yeah. We'll quit messing with those. I'm not, it's not those. It's not those. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Tony, you're on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you're on the air. Hey, you're calling number five. Can you hear me? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to try it again. All right, I'm going to try to call him again and see if we can get this straightened out. Here we go. Here we go. Hello? All right. Hey, can you hear me now? I hear you fine. All right, good. And we have, and we, and we no longer have an echo. We have the technical 
issues resolved and we can continue on with the interview and um i think that uh, you'll take great comfort in knowing we do have people listening live right now but that uh, the majority of our listeners uh, downloaded and surely fixes all of my screw-ups before <laughs> she- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so i want to talk so we, we've talked about you and we've and we've we've had a fun conversation but i want to get into uh the novel uh, uh zombies versus aliens versus vampires versus dinosaurs a novel uh this is a great novel where pretty much every sort of popular creature in pop culture right now, zombies, walking dead, aliens, the alien movie or every other movie, vampires, uh, uh, dinosaurs, all come together. And for the most part, many of them are coming together for a common cause. So tell us a little bit about the story. Um, you mean what what's it, the story is about? Yeah, that'd be a um, good place to start, yeah. It's, um, well, hmm, hmm. Well, let's do this. Shirley has a couple. Shirley, <laughs> I'm trying to do it without without giving away the many surprises along the way. That's one of the fun things about it. So many surprises. <laughs> but uh, uh, Shirley has some questions for you, and I think she's gonna okay. uh, she's gonna ask those now. So go ahead, Shirley. Okay. Um, well, I just was curious because I know at the very beginning chapters you set up. Um, every all the characters and including um, the dinosaurs that were a uh, hundred million years earlier and I was just curious do you identify with any one of those uh, characters like perhaps Johnny <laughs> <laughs> y- yes to a, to an extent I relate to almost all of them oh cool okay um, in, in each one is like a different part of me certainly johnny is but so is peyton well i love um, all the characters and it's oh thank you so is laurel so you laurel, you yes. involve the president of the united states uh the first lady the vice president i mean uh, uh you have uh, uh the united states military uh all everybody's coming together and what's happened on planet earth is that while people like you and I walking around, normal people, I'm normal, you're from Canada, uh, <laughs> are walking about their daily lives, uh, not only have the creatures of our of our fiction, the vampires, etc., not only have they always actually been among us, but now the Earth is being visited, actually invaded by new creatures. Well, they're the same creatures. They just set up spies they before up, coming here. Yeah. Yeah, and and they all come together, and and it's a it's 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 an epic battle, and at the same time, it's fun. So, were you consciously when you're writing, go, I need some, I need, I need some dramatic tension here. I need, I want the reader to, to be scared or get anxiety here, and then here, I want to make them laugh. Or did you just did the story just pour out of you? Kind of both. The story poured out. I knew I wanted it to be. How do I put this? I didn't. I I didn't want it to be a comedy in that the way one thinks of like a sitcom where it's like okay now we need a joke now we need a joke now we need a joke. I knew it would be humorous because I don't think I know how to write without humor. Um, in fact, there were times when I would just be writing a chapter when oh that's really funny and then reading it going you know it's too funny. It's starting to feel because I think the part of the reason it works is that. As insane as it is, it feels real. It feels like, yeah, this could happen. And um, so it wasn't that, oh, I need it. This needs to be scary. But it, everything needed to be something. If, if it was going to be funny, it needed to be funny. If it was going to be scary, it needed to be scary. Okay, Does so that make any well, sense I, at Absolutely. All? Okay. 
Anyway, look, um, uh, now we got the echo back. Oh, man. Well, that's because I called you. James, if I call you, you get an echo. If you call me, at a certain point, I stop hearing you. So, which is better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have, you know what, I'm going to call you back just one more time. Okay. Uh, This is Tony. You're on the air. Yeah, and did I did I win the tickets to the, the to the Tesla tribute? What? Did I win the tickets to the White Snake tribute band? Did I well, win? Well, you have to you have to answer a skill uh, skill question. Is it is it multiplication choice? Division. Yeah. What time is it? Morris Day. Morris Day in the time. That's how they started the song. Do I win? You win! Yay! <laughs> hey, buddy. You know, uh, um, uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap up. Only uh, I could talk to you forever. And, uh, and I know that you can talk forever, too. We're going to wrap up, but we want to have you back on again. Uh, we want to push I'd your book. To. We love the book. Uh, we're, actually, we're actually working short a uh, computer today because we had a computer blow up last night. So uh, we want to uh, get some of these uh, kinks out of the way and talk to you again. We've been talking with Jeff Abagov, who... Um, oh, and they could, get, they could find the book um, on Amazon.com or through my website, jeffabagov.com. Okay, Amazon.com or Jeff Abagov. Spell your last name for us. A-B-U-G-O-V. Okay, and all this will be on the ComedySchoolsRadio.com website as well. The title of the book, and on the title alone, if I was walking was, I was walking through a bookstore, if there is such a thing, I'd go, and it looks fun. Zombies versus aliens versus vampires versus dinosaurs, a novel. Jeff, thank you so much for calling in. We look forward to speaking to you again real soon, either on the radio or in person. The next time I'm in Los Angeles. Okay, thanks a lot. It was so much fun doing that. Thank you, sir. Okay, bye, everyone. Bye. bye. Well, you know what? I mean, uh, we did actually uh, uh, pretty good with that interview. Uh, he is uh, he's a he's he's a fascinating guy. He has done uh, a lot of the things that when people start out that they aspire to do, you know, and has done it with uh, um, a good amount of integrity. Um, He's actually uh, been um, kind of part of the uh, local Phoenix comedy scene at one time because back 10, 12 years ago when I used to put on big conventions and contests here in town, uh, he used to fly in and uh, judge a contest and was fascinated by many of the comics that he met. Should I go to a break or should we just, um, what should I do? What should I do? Tell me what to do. Uh, that uh, we were just speaking with Jeff Abagov, who uh, at one time was the executive producer of Grace Under Fire, producer on uh, Roseanne. And a great guy. I attended his uh, son's uh, bar mitzvah. Mm-hmm. I just thought I'd point that out. Um, and uh, oh, he's Australian. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's a, he's an, he's an Australian feller. Um, he has written a novel after a a great career in television. He has written a novel: zombies versus aliens versus vampires versus dinosaurs. A novel. It's available uh, at Amazon.com and at his website, JeffAbagov.com. So uh, we finally got him on after. Uh, uh, it took us a few weeks to really work it out. It's always with your friends that it, it takes time because you you know like, well you know I got to pick up the school kids at school at nine. Your friends, someone who's not your friend goes, I'll get someone else to pick up the kids. But uh, we were glad to have him on. We're glad now. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. It's an old Deep Purple song. This dark song that's so-